through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to the longest days of our lives, a 24 fan cast. It is day two, hour 14, and I am one of your hosts, Jack Bauer super fan, Mike Cushing. And I'm another one of your hosts, 24 newbie, Curtis Perry. And I am your third and final host, Michael Howard. Well, boys, welcome to uh, the 9 p.m. hour. Um, a lot happened last week. Oh, yeah. Feels good to be here. Feel, feels right. Right uh, here yeah. in the 9 p.m. hour. This is a good hour. Yeah, which it is. turns out the bomb that Jack stopped previously was a decoy. Uh, yeah. sh- turns out Sherry Palmer, ex-wife of the president, is involved in the conspiracy mm-hmm. to uh, smuggle this nuke into the country. And uh, so we open up 901. We see the Nest Bomb Squad uh, carrying a large trunk uh, into a hangar while a- agents drag Omar. I actually looked up because I didn't realize this was like a real Nest unit. I thought it was like a, a CTU type thing where it was made oh, really? up, but I looked it up and it's... That's a buck wild job, dude. Nest is a real thing. Yeah. They just get called in to anywhere in the world within like hours. Well, little trivia for you boys. Um, can you, I, the first time I heard about Nest was from a movie. Can you guess said movie? Transformers. <laughs> oh, close. Oh, Transformers 2, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> nope. I mean, it's just as bad, what I meant to say. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, fucking no. Uh, Broken Arrow. Ooh. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old John Travolta, Christian Slater action. Mm-hmm. Ain't it wild? <laughs> or is it? He says, "Ain't it cool?" Never mind, I blew it. He did say, "Ain't it cool?" Got Howie Long in that some bitch too. It's, yeah, it's just a it's just a cast of characters and Oscar award winning performances. That came, but yeah, like every came, time you get, can you imagine every time you get called in to go to work, like you're like, this could be the time <laughs> I get just obliterated. Yeah, yeah. Nukes are here. Nukes are here. So, did Broken Arrow come out after The Rock? Yes. Okay, because it seemed like The Rock on a train with a nuke. It was like if they were like, hey, we think... See, The Rock was like, we think that the the good part of Face Off was Nicolas Cage. And then Broken Arrow was like, well, we think the good part was John Travolta. And they had a competition. Uh, but except Broken Arrow replaced Sean Connery with uh, <laughs> Christian Slater. And ooh, really dropped the... Drop the ball on that one. He's yeah, great he in Mr. Robot, though. He is. It took, took, took 20 years for him to get good at this. Uh, after the old, <laughs> the old arrow. Finally um, figured it out. Yeah, it also starred the the, the, the woman. I can't remember her name, and I, I apologize because she was in the masterpiece that was Super Mario Brothers movie as Princess Daisy. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, just a great. Just the cast keeps getting better, y'all. Who was that? Out of the park. That's sitting on a solid 61% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's not bad. The Broken, Broken Arrow? arrow? Yeah. Oh, I remember bitch. liking it. Samantha Mathis was the... Uh, okay. That's when they also introduced me to the fact that a nuclear uh, explosion releases an EMP. Didn't know it. Know it now. Yeah. Broken Arrow taught me a lot. Taught me a lot about being a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, o- Omar, the pilot of the plane who Jack shot in the previous episode, uh, he, they, he gets dragged into uh, the hangar and shoved into a chair. And uh, Jack says, tells the text that they're going to have to dust for prints here in the hangar since they don't have time to bring anything back to CTU. And then he starts shouting at Omar and he shoves him into a chair. And Omar is clearly feeling feeling some pain after being shot. And uh, we realize that he does not speak any English. And Jack just tells every agent around him, just go find a translator. Um, and then he does the classic uh, American thing where he just yells the yells same phrase more. louder yeah. twice. Yep, it'll get, get it eventually, Jack. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so... I noticed in this episode, it comes up later, uh, and I want to talk about it, but Jack really modulates his interrogation style to the person he's talking to, and it really, like, I think Jack is really just, like, an emotional chameleon. Like, <laughs> he just slides into, like, different 
I think different levels of anger and like how he presents it. But yeah, he's just yelling at Omar. I'll say it actually is pretty impressive how Kiefer like runs the entire gamut of emotions within a single episode mm-hmm. and sometimes within single scenes. For there's, there's two interrogations in this one. I think by the second one, I have a reason why he has modulated his tone a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's obvious, but not at the same time. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we see at CTU, George Mason is sitting at his desk and he's running a hand over his head and uh, comes away with a fistful of hair, which he just kind of stares at and then just like opens his hand and lets it sprinkle to his desk, which he's not looking great. Um, I mean, come on. It's not the first time it's happened for him. It's true. <laughs> Barely has any hair up there anyway. <laughs> Man, you really just come right at Xander Berkeley, huh? <laughs> Damn, player. And uh, he looks in a mirror in his first aid kit, presumably to see uh, if he has any skin lesions, which he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then he gets a phone call from Jack, who informs him that they still have not found the real bomb, and uh, asks Mason to use reverse time satellites to trace the plane's original location to see who was involved with it. <laughs> which, I tried to look this up, and I could not find it's anything. It's not a like, thing. It's just you, the, the damn satellite should have been taking pictures as it went over. <laughs> I, I, I assume he just means, like, let's... Let's like go backwards from right. where we are through like the but the pictures. The yeah. way he says it, it makes like it makes it sound like the satellites can travel through time. Right, correct. It's like he just saw Enemy of the State with Gene Hackman <laughs> and Will Smith, and was like, "Do that. What they do in that one? Can you do that for this? <laughs> I like that. Things. It was a good <laughs> flick." Also, is there a golden eye up there? Just shoot it. Shoot it often. <laughs> <laughs> So in a split screen, we see George take some pills and uh, his sleeve, which uh, he had bandaged up last time, is just caked in blood. And then as he's on the phone in the split screen, we see Jack on the phone and he's standing next to the bomb text and he's looking at the bomb and he very clearly like pauses the conversation and like points at the bomb and goes here and here. What the fuck does Jack know about disarming a nuclear bomb? <laughs> yeah, there's 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 four guys around it who are from the nuclear emergency response team or whatever it's called. That would be NERT, I guess. NERT, yeah. Support team? <laughs> whatever. Anyways, these are experts at doing this. They they show up every day thinking that it's a real bomb, and Jack's just like, Yeah, I know this. I got all this. I know this one. Just this part's a bomb and that part's also a bomb. <laughs> Good job. I would have looked, looked back at him and be like, hey, hey, buddy, uh, 10 minutes ago, you thought it was an actual nuke. How about shut your fucking mouth and let me do my job? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bud. You're convinced uh, you had him set up the bomb. All right. I got it. So uh, after George requests, uh, or sorry, after Jack requests uh, time traveling satellites, uh, Mason just does not respond and he just looks completely out of it. And Jack just says, hey, are you okay? And <laughs> Mason sort of snaps back into it and Jack says, hey, dude, I'm sorry for, you know, your your nukes. But uh, I need you to I need you to get in the game, and if you're, if you're not, I need you to step down. And Mason says, "Well, there's no one else to take command." And uh, Jack asks, "What about Tony? Mm. Are we about mm. to enter that tone zone?" Jack Jack's <laughs> coming around on uh, Tony. Mm? I, I think he just needs someone in the driver's seat at this point. Anybody. Which, yeah, he'll take any one body. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mason says, "I can hold it together," and he tells uh, he says, "Well, Jack, uh, you actually have another problem on your hands. Uh, you know how you found six dead commandos." Uh, there was a seventh one that may have escaped. And Jack says, yeah, that makes sense. Three of the commandos definitely knew who the shooter was. Their their wounds were front entry at close range. So I, I'm pretty sure these guys, like we talked about last week, did just play stare at this gun barrel as a game. <laughs> I see the first guy getting shot at close range in the face. But like the second and third guys, you had to be like, nah, I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to stare down the gun barrel. Well, so he kills three right away, and then uh, the other three showed signs of a struggle, which indicate they had time to react. And George just says, 
oh, so the seventh didn't escape. It's like, yeah, dude, he was the shooter. <laughs> okay, well, so did these guys come at him like it was a kung fu movie? One at a time? Three dude, three command. I don't care how good he is. Three commandos against one dude? And apparently, assume silently. He, yeah, so I assume <laughs> that they were like kind of spread out and he killed them one at a time, kind of like a, like it was a mission, you know, like a Metal Gear Solid mission And then mission he just dragged something. all their bodies to lay down together? Yeah. I mean, you do have you to dispose to of the them? guards. Yeah, yeah, Ghost Recon style. Just uh, After hmm. he stole all their clothes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I, it, the, the, it doesn't really add up. But um, Jack just says, okay, get me an, an idea on the shooter as soon as you can. And then we cut to see Agent Steve Goodrich uh, searching the pilot uh, Omar for any identification or credit cards and finds nothing. And uh, Jack walks over and Omar is clearly upset and very clearly trying to communicate in Arabic. And uh, Jack is like, he's, he wants to talk. We need this translator. And then we cut to Bob Warner, who's sitting in the dark room at CTU. And an agent enters with a phone, and it is his daughter, Kate Warner. Uh, and she says, well, I'm fine. I'm at the airport, and I'm helping with the investigation. And uh, she's like, did you hear about Raisa <laughs> being dead? <laughs> Killed by Marie, my sister? In your office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so uh, Bob just says, yeah, I heard. I can't believe what they're saying about Marie. And Jack just like interrupts Kate's phone call and just very casually just is like, hey, it wasn't the bomb. We arrested the pilot. Need your help as a translator. Uh, need- Come on over. And like, this is a nopeable situation for Kate. Correct? <laughs> I would think so. Like what? Like a couple hours ago, she she was in a room with these dudes and she didn't know what they said beyond prayer. But now she's going to translate from a guy. To be fair, she was traumatized at that point. It was like three hours ago. Yeah, I mean, nope could have happened a while. He's been like, I'm not going anywhere with any of y'all. Uh, can I go home, please? Because I, I almost got, got murdered. It was this close to being murdered. Also, yeah. there, I, there is a nuke that I know about, and <laughs> yeah, I would really like to leave. Here. I'd like to get out. Yeah. Um, so, Kate says, I have to go, and then I'll be fine. Uh, and then, what do they say to each other? I love you. I love you, too. And they also say that, um, which is essentially the 24 kiss of death. So mm-hmm. one of one or both of them are dying, possibly in this episode. Um, and we cut to uh, the Enrock, where President David Palmer is updating Mike Novick on what he has found from Roger Stanton. And guys, by the way, after this, like the wealth of tiny clocks that we had in last week's episode, we don't have any for like the first nine minutes. It's yeah. it's a bonanza. Yeah. Yeah, it's they a, gave it's us a, a little. They gave us a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Um, so David tells Mike that Roger Stanton has told him that Sherry is somehow involved in this, and Mike just can't believe it. He says, a nuclear threat? Sherry? I don't, I don't think so. And David just says, well, Stanton didn't elaborate, and they go to see Did Sherry. Did you even ask him to elaborate? I would assume it would be, like, after the guy was tortured for an hour and a half, like, just assume that, hey elaborate on on that claim if you would <laughs> i mean i feel like once you spilled one bean yeah you want to talk you know. to sherry okay about what can you just give me a little bit of information before i roll up in there yeah, yeah. just I love if it said sherry thompson oh sherry fucking thompson oh <laughs> the lunch lady in the interrock <laughs> it's never the ones you think she's been pooping in your food for days so sherry is waiting in an office for him and she gives a start as he walks in and just Asked if they found the bomb yet, and oh shit, she's got a great poker face, huh? Oh, you done fucked up, though, Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's playing real cool. Mm-hmm. And David's temperature is just raising. You can see it raising. 
Mm-hmm. A little bit. Very slowly. Um, so David asks her to sit and then tells her that Roger Stanton confessed to knowing about the bomb for weeks and having men track the bomb. Roger? Na- they're all dead. And she's like, <gasps> him? What? And I honestly couldn't tell if she just didn't know about all that or if she like and was truly shocked or if she's involved and is just now realizing that she is just well and truly fucked. And that's the worst part with her. Right. You just never know. She's damn sneaky. Yeah. And she looks away and like raises a hand to her face and just holds it there. And David goes, or am I telling you something you already know? Mm-hmm. Have you done the unthinkable and put yourself in league with Roger Stanton? <laughs> I like the way David talks sometimes. Just like, it's well, very weird, but <laughs> the unthinkable. He, he just became a villain like three hours ago. Now it's the unthinkable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sherry denies that adamantly and says it's outrageous. And uh, Palmer tells her all about Stanton's accusations that she's working against David. And she once again says, I only met Roger this afternoon, which David knows isn't true. And uh, Sherry continues to deny it. And then David gets above a middle C. So please take a drink. He says, just stop it. <laughs> well, before I think I think before that, when he told her to sit down, mm-hmm. I think it was also above middle C. All right. Drink twice then. Yeah. And David says, you know, what? I order you to tell me anything you might know about this bomb. And Sherry turns away and leans against the corner of the wall. And David reminds her that. We're now teetering on the brink of war, which could lead to the deaths of millions of people. Says, as president of the United States, I order you. And then what does he say after that? As someone you claim to love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm asking you. I'm asking you. But as, like, as president of the United States, I order you? Like, what? How does that any different than. Well, she doesn't have a military rank, so technically she can't order her to do shit. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) he's asking her, hey, if you want. You ever want a chance to get up, to get up in this bed again? Come on now, spill them beans. I think it was more like, as someone you claim to love and who doesn't really want to have Teddy Simmons go to his laughing place with you right now. <laughs> like, can you please tell me? I don't know if that would work on Cherry. I really don't. I don't think, I it, don't would think it would. I don't think it would. I think I think sh- somehow she would end up like emotionally terrorizing Teddy yep. until he was in the he was in the fetal position. Yeah, that's it. That, that, where's Teddy? I don't see him on the tape. Holy shit! What did you say to him? None of your business, David. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> he strangled himself with the defibrillator cord. Holy shit, Sherry! What the hell? Um, uh, man, I just as soon as I she looked like she was about to talk, I was like, all right, she's formulated lies. Here it comes. Yeah, so what is what does she spill? She got a call from Roger Stanton months ago mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, she got a call months ago to go meet Roger Stanton. From a friend. She said a friend called her, yep. which is a friend. Yep. And, Interesting. And, and that Roger wanted to know, essentially wanted to know David's weaknesses, who in his administration was for him, who was against him, um, and that she went along with it just to protect David. Yep. This was months ago. We talked. Last week about how he's only been in office for a year and they're already like trying to get like fuck with him because I think he's weak. But this has been in motion for months. I mean, it's been like it was barely like two seasons into his uh, presidency. Yeah, this, this would be summertime. He's just getting yeah. into summer. Can't do anything yeah. before summertime, <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. So uh, she, she tries to say, I was not aligning myself with him. I was doing it for you. Uh, I only did it to gain his confidence. And he turns to leave and Sherry begs him to let her have 30 minutes to prove that she's telling the truth and did everything to pr- protect David, which no fucking way. Right. Like, God, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, no. I, I said, don't trust her. No, absolutely not. 
Yeah, so we get our first tiny clock of the episode. It is 909. Please take a drink. And uh, we see Kate Warner, who is trying to translate uh, for Omar's interrogation, but uh, she's having some difficulty because, one, she doesn't speak the language very well, Michael, to your point. And apparently they're also <laughs> speaking different dialects, which I think is Kate's way of covering for the fact that she doesn't know shit. Um, <laughs> Jack says it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, yeah it does. It does. Matters a lot. Yeah, this the whole thing was kind of weird because like so Kate is on the scene for like a minute and a half before or not even a minute before the actual translator shows yeah. up, uh Melinda Kale. Um and it just shows how impatient Jack was Jack getting is. at the situation. Right. And so Kate does reveal that um Omar said that Omar says that Said Ali promised him money for his family in return for his collaboration with the bomb. And we hear a car pull up and Melinda Kale, the official translator, arrives and uh once again, Agent Tom Baker escorts Kate back to the safe area for like <laughs> the fifteenth time. So, yeah. Is Tom Baker so in the twenty four video game? Is he just constantly on escort missions? <laughs> That's the worst, man. Yeah, but he's the again? only one who Fuck. ends up dying. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Jack has Melinda ask if Omar knows about a second bomb because he still thinks uh, what they're working on is uh, true. Um, but evidently, he only knows about the first. So uh, we see Jack looming threateningly over Omar, and we get another tiny clock. It is 9-11, and uh, Agent Baker leads Kim out of the hangar. And as they prepare to get into an SUV, Kate looks towards a line of people who are kind of in a line waiting to be checked to leave the airport. And who does she see? Fucking Marie fucking Warner, her sister. Wearing her in, short in her brown wig. stupid hair. Yeah. So I mean, you recognize your sister anywhere. So Marie approaches the checkpoint and passes through it into a hangar. We cut to commercial at 9-11. We come back. It's 9 Oh, God. Kate's going to just kim it up, isn't she? Yeah. She does like, her best. I was like, you're so dumb. Just tell somebody. Why can't? There are 30,000 CTU agents around there right now. Yeah. Right. Yell. Like, just yell. Marie! <laughs> I think Jack would be like, Jack would hear, oh, Marie? Yeah. That's okay, the name cool. I wanted. I mean, Thanks, Tom y'all. Baker is literally one foot away from her. Yeah. And grab t- her because that's that's the girl. That's and the even, one. But even like Baker, like she clearly sees something and like walks away from the car that he was escorting her to. He's like, well, I got her to the checkpoint. It's not my well, problem. Yeah, we've already discussed. So Baker is an NPC. He just does. Yeah. And well, I think j- that it's, it, it's possible that if you guys remember the old uh, show, The A-Team. Sure. Uh, there was always a CIA agent that you talked to named Lynch and it'd be different characters. So it's possible that just anybody, like if you get to CTU and they decide you're the gopher bitch, your name is Tom Baker now. It's like, no, because David Kim's name isn't Tom Baker. Like, I'm Korean. You're Tom Baker. But why? Because Jackson wants you to get things. God damn it. Because Jack is going to call you Baker regardless of whether, whether that's your name or not. Yeah, so so, so she, she could have been like, Baker. And he's just like, I'm going back to Jack to get more instructions. <laughs> well, Jack only said to bring her to the car. <laughs> Um, so in a split screen, we see Jack asking the translator to obtain more information about Omar's background, including the name of the sponsor on his visa. And we see Kate going after Marie. And then we cut to um, the good time bomb shelter. The drama bunker. The drama dome. uh, (laughs) Where Kim is in disbelief and asking uh, Lonnie, played by Kevin Dillon. There you go. There it is. What's going to happen to L.A.? And he says, well, the transmission just went dead. And uh, she's like, well, I need to call my father. And Lonnie just says, well, we have to stay put until we know where the radiation cloud is heading. And I'll try to pick something up on the shortwave radio. And he walks over, starts uh, picking up some stations, which clearly the bomb was a hoax. (laughs) And uh, fearing Kim is going to hear through his headphones, he pulls the antenna and the power cable in the back of his, uh, his box. And uh, just tells Kim, well, the radiation must be interfering with the antenna. Could be hours before they pick anything up, which 
in my notes, I just wrote, I'm pretty sure that's not how electromagnetism works, but I think it is actually. So I'll let this one fly. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know I know that there is like, technically there's a fallout cloud that moves away from a nuclear explosion, but I don't know if it fucks with radio signals. So I think it I'll might, give him this but, one, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so he tentatively puts a hand on her shoulder and tells Kim she has nothing to be afraid of down here. And we find out later, but like. What is Lonnie's end game here? Like, obviously he's going to do bad stuff to her, but like, this is a dude who has the park ranger come to his cabin on a regular basis. And like, yeah. his only option is to leave Kim possibly tied up in a room with one pound of coffee and at least six <laughs> grenades. Like, yeah, what- like eventually, probably less than a day, she's like, he's going to have to just tie her up because she's going to know something's right fu- fucked up. And also, he says there's nothing to be afraid of down here except for like, I don't know, nuclear radiation covering most of L.A. for like the next 50 years. But no, no big deal. That's the thing. Do we have enough MREs, bro? I don't see them down here. But you got your cough game going on. I see the caffeine happening. She's not that far from L.A. Like, he's going to have to get out of there and go somewhere else, right? Right. Um, Well, we got a tiny clock. It's 918. Please take a drink. And at CTU, George welcomes a uh, woman named Carrie Turner a sysop engineer sent by division to replace Paula, the uh, the woman who was killed during the CTU attack in hour four. And I don't know, guys, I'm going to just call it carries a mole. Just, <laughs> I'm just, uh, just as uh, she's about to shake his hand, uh, George starts coughing horribly and she just says, oh, you're even worse off than I expected. And uh, George is like, yeah, OK. <laughs> Clearly the news is out. Yeah, but like at division, they don't know. They shouldn't know. It sounds the, like there's rumors going the dude, around. The dude left from Division and, and put him, left him in charge. I get it, but, you know. I, I mean, Brad Hammond left 20 minutes ago at this point, like, and gave him a bill of, like, a clean bill of health. So, like, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, so, George kind of, like, rolls his eyes and is like, all right, here's what we need. Do it. Do this. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine just as long as everyone keeps uh, their hands off my system. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, she asks who she reports to. Don't go rooting around in my system. Well, if you yeah. said the server is going to be fine to keep your hands off my system, well, what the fuck is it? What are you talking about? Right. Oh, God. So uh, basically, she asks who she reports to, and she's like, yeah, because I heard you're not going to be around any much uh, much longer. And, it's uh, cold as hell, man. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And uh, George has a weird response. She's like, oh, I finally got someone I like around here. I'm not going to be around to enjoy it. And uh, then he says, well... Once I'm gone, uh, talk to Tony Almeida and Michelle Dessler. And uh, as soon as he says Michelle Dessler, how does Carrie react? Uh, she recognizes Michelle Dessler. She apparently used to be Michelle's boss at mm-hmm. division or at district. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the offices work. Yeah, they got beef for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I knew there was going to be something going down. I thought possibly that uh, it was that we had right now in the LA office a fake Michelle Dessler. I thought she'd be like, Ooh. like, who are you? I'm like, I'm Michelle. No. Oh. And I thought that might be a little intrigue, but no, that did not happen. It went a different way. That what do we think happened between these two? Oh. Oh. You know what happened, Michael. Because, like, We're Michelle used to work underneath Carrie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now Michelle is in a position where if Carrie comes over from a supposedly a higher office, she's working for Michelle. Mm-hmm. That's like two, that's like at least two rungs down the ladder or up the ladder for Michelle. There you go. We have to talk about it. We'll mm-hmm. get there. Uh, so Kate, what I'm walks- asking is the CTU racist. They're both <laughs> not white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michelle for, Dessler. For for 
the people with named Michelle Dessler and Carrie Turner, neither of them look straight up white. <laughs> like they're both like vaguely like Tom Baker. So they're all code names. Essentially. <laughs> so we see Kate um, walk into the hangar where CT was searching people. Apparently it took her eight minutes to walk across the airfield uh, yeah. and into this building. But um, she is very very subtly searching faces as we get a tiny clock at uh 9 20 please take a drink and somehow she sees marie ducking through a doorway in the back like kind of hidden behind some shelves i don't fucking ha- if if there's a nuke somewhere and we've got a group of people from that location and need to make sure they're okay for the love of christ how do you lose them yeah. you can at least count them <laughs> have every exit covered at all times. It's yeah, they were ridiculous. checking them on the way in, and then all of a sudden she's just allowed to sneak out the back door. Like, no one's standing at the back door. Like, if nightclubs can maintain a one-in-one-out situation, <laughs> like, I feel like CTU should be able to kind of pull it together. Um, but she... Uh, she Kate, yells at her. Right. Marie! Uh, oh, cool. Then, so, Marie looks back and sees her and then ducks through the doorway, and uh, Kate runs towards the back doorway and an agent named Gus uh, stops her and says, people can only leave the hangar after being searched. And first Kate just points at the door. She's like, my sister's there. (laughs) And then she uh, uses the the CTU like ID card that Jack gave her uh, to get permission. And she actually does something intelligent as she rushes past Gus says, call Jack Bauer. Tell him my sister's here. Mm -hmm. And she opens the back door and she sees a shadow move down an alley between two hangers. So as soon as she went through the back door by herself, I had to look up the word for um what it, the word for when your sister kills you. Because um, I knew it was fraternicide or fratricide or whatever. Fratricide. Yeah. So I had to look up the soror side because I was like, oh, this is what's going to happen to Kate. Yeah. Um, is it soror side? Yeah. Man, that's a hmm. that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so she goes to investigate, and then she turns a corner and she comes face to face with Kate, who somehow knows that Kate has a CTU ID card, and says, "Give me the card." Uh, and even Do you think with that, a, she knew that she had seen Kate earlier and kind of like goaded her into this. That that does seem possible that she like I because Kate is dumb. Kate is yeah. dumb. Which Marie did offer telling glances both times that she saw yeah. her. Right. This, so, I mean, even here, like, with a gun in her face, Kate is still just like, Marie, what is going on? <laughs> and then yeah. Marie calls her a stupid idiot. Stupid and I was idiot. like, yeah, nailed it. All Why right. did you have to come snooping around? They have, like, the dumbest exchange. Like, we talked about the privileged white girl banishment spell back in mm-hmm. season one. This is two just, like, stupid, dumb, like, white people just being like, my life's terrible. No, mine's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I spent, I studied abroad for three months and my eyes are open to the world. Fucking, oh yeah. Oh, I, I know uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to make you respect Kate because she actually has some gall here to talk back to Marie while she's holding a gun in her face. But no, like the stuff she's saying is still fucking annoying. You yeah. Know, but basically, basically, I'm terrible. Well, I was terrible and now I'm not terrible anymore, but you're still terrible. <laughs> I used to be so pathetic moment, like you until I met Syed and saw the hypocrisy of my life in this country and uh, dad who works for the CIA. I was pathetic just like you. Yeah. But I opened my eyes. Yeah. So at this moment, were you hoping that Marie killed Kate so that somebody could then kill Marie and then they would both be dead? Because it was like at this moment, I was like, uh, if she doesn't kill Kate right here, like Kate's going to be alive still. <laughs> like there's no one else is going to try to kill her. I don't think that's the truth. 
Um, <laughs> I, think, I think there's always she like the new Kim. Everyone just wants the Kim. Yeah, I mean, there's someone out there who he'll Michael. There's a lot of Kim like wildlife, and you know, <laughs> for, I don't know, probably a bear running around this airfield to kind of rumble down from the woods and take a little snack back up into the. You know, I think it's fine. Fucking um, geese are gonna fly right in her engine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a euphemism, but um, <laughs> Kate just asked Marie, it's like, what, what did we turn our lives upside down for you just so you could be brainwashed by lunatics and become the biggest murderer in the country? And Marie slaps her in the face, asks for the badge, and slowly starts screw- screwing a silencer onto her pistol. That was and- a beautiful backhand. Not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, <laughs> real solid. I keep, look, I keep saying that I, I, if Marie was a different character, like a different person, if she wasn't the actress that she is... If they had done something quite like a little bit different, she could have been a great character. Yeah, they're both. And I, just, I, I like her in other things, just not in this role. Yeah, they're both she just so, their their dialogue is just so whiny to each other, and like, yeah. But it's there's some good lines in there, right? I know there are reasons people get radicalized, but like, no, like they don't sell it at all. Like <laughs> Kate's just like, or Marie's just like, I was on summer vacation for three months, and I don't know, I had a bad weekend and got. <laughs> Swept up by these yeah, terrorists. Mean, this is O2, right? So this is almost like the story that they gave us for kids going but to, to, to commit jihad from America back in the day. Like, that's what they would tell. Oh, they just, you know, they went and got brainwashed over a weekend because they uh, disillusioned liberal students who thought the world could be changed. Uh, this is fucking sad. Anyways, <laughs> Kate thinks she's going to talk her way out of it the entire time, well, which is Kate, terrific. The best part is Kate, like, helpfully reminds Marie that there's a nuclear bomb in this city and... Marie just nods and raises the gun and says, well, this is more important than your life or my life. And just as she raises the gun to point at Marie, what happens? She gets shot. Right in the arm game. Ow, ow, ooh, ow, my arm. Only one man on the move could hit a gunman in the arm. That wispy, wispy arm she has. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's true. It's not a, wasn't a big target. No. Jack hit hit her right in the right spot. (laughs) Yeah, right in the ulna. And, um... Jack runs up, grabs her as she falls to the ground, detains her, and then just looks at uh at Kate on the ground and just to give Jack some good lines every once in a while. He just goes, I take it that's your sister. <laughs> as he helps her out. <laughs> just, he hadn't met her before, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we've been acquainted now. Great. <laughs> this is how Jack shakes hands. He shoots you in the fucking hand. <laughs> Not, that's not completely untrue. Yeah, no. he shot G. Mason the leg for a season. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Tell Bauer say hello. Uh, so we cut the commercial at 924. We come back. It's 928. And Marie is still wailing Ooh. like just, I don't even know, just like a, a colicky baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been five minutes now since she got shot. And she was whining the exact same way. Yeah. And like... It's way, it's like wailing, like something mm-hmm. is uh, gone horribly wrong. Like and she got shot in the arm, man. It's not. Well, we'll find out why she's why she's crying so much in a bit. But um, okay. this must be a difficult thing, though. Like to see your sister in this situation and then hear what Jack is about to say to you. He pulls. Is it though? Your sister is literally about to nuke the city and was about to shoot you say, directly you. in your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, like at that point. I'm sorry. sorry. I'll say not, we're not related anymore. This may be difficult for Kate to uh, yeah. hear because <laughs> for some reason, Kate, I don't think even realizes that um, 
Marie is a terrorist. I, I think she still refuses to accept it. She hey, believes in the internal goodness of people. I will. I will give you this, and and this is this is almost sacrilege for me to say, but it's the truth. Kind of, it's the same. He Kate kind of has the same face of this character. Who sometimes I'd be like, even watching the movies now, I'm like, oh, just shut your mouth. And it's uh, it's Luke Skywalker talking about Darth Vader. <laughs> He's still got good at him. He just, I mean, a whole planet, bro. Just yeah. all of them. Yeah, <laughs> did, did him did him real dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. That actually really kind of pissed me off about the whole Star Wars thing. I was like, oh, he's redeemed because he didn't. No. No, No, he's not. He killed all them kids. He killed everybody. He's he's not a good person. All the peoples. He built something called a Death Star, man. Can you imagine if you were Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda just chilling in like cool Force Ghost Town, just like living it up, helping people out. And then fucking Anakin Skywalker shows up at the end. It's like, no, fuckhead. Get out of here. You betrayed me. Especially how if it was you, young Anakin, yeah. How do you get to I, come to? How do you get to come to Jedi Heaven? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know Qui Gon's there too because he taught them how to be Force. Oh God, it's just terrible. It's all the Man. worst. You maybe. hear about midichlorians? Fuck off. Once again, once again, maybe that is their Jedi Heaven, and they get to just <laughs> dunk on Anakin for the rest of their existence, and <laughs> Anakin saying, just gets hey, dunked Annie, on. Here's some more sand, asshole. How much <laughs> do you hate it? <laughs> Wizard, and every Annie? evening they watch Anakin have his legs burnt off. Mm. So Kate asks Jack to give her something for the pain because you can't let her suffer like this. And Jack mm-hmm. says, I'll only give her medication if she cooperates. And by the way, you're going to have to let me do this my way. And trust me, I know you love your sister, but I'm trying to save millions of people. She's the only person who needs who knows where the bomb is. And I need to use every advantage I have. And can I do a quick translation for Jack there? I'm going to a lot of words. So I'm going to torture the shit out of your sister. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And I say it's for business, but it's for pleasure. <laughs> it's a little bit for pleasure, though. It's been a couple hours since I've got to, gotten to threaten anyone with danger, so <laughs> I need this. Um, so Marie is taken to a storage area inside the hangar and handcuffed to the chair where she, like, momentarily stops screaming. And Jack comes over and uh, she tells him to go to hell. And he bends down and just kind of lightly grabs her arm, which makes her scream. And she says, you want to know why your arm hurts so severely? It's because the bullet's still in your arm, lodged against the bone. And then he starts to apply pressure to Marie's arm and says, I'll help you with the pain. Uh, and she still says no. Now, you'll notice here, this is when Jack gets real calm yep. as he's speaking. His, his, his tenor t- changes, his tone changes. And this is because I believe that, that Jack Bauer understands who he's dealing with. Yep. And he knows this person very well. He's had one in his life for 17 years. He has a Kim <laughs> with, with a shot arm in his midst. And he, I think he knows how to deal with this situation. So what you're saying is he's enjoying getting to torture Kim without actually having torture, to torture his yeah, daughter. Yeah, he his actual it's, daughter, it's but proxy fuck torture. you, Kim. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the back of his mind. It's always in that laughing place. Oh, what if this was Kim? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, this is, this is definitely proxy torture. <laughs> he knows that she's just a, you know, spoiled white girl who, you know, was brainwashed. And mm-hmm. he kind of looks down because he says... You know, I don't think you're going to go through this and justify killing millions of people, innocent people. It's just no one's innocent in this country. I'm not afraid to die. And that's when he gets quiet. And he he kind of kneels down in front of her and like actually like kind of gently grabs her by the chin and just says, I don't believe you. I've seen people who are willing to die. I've looked them straight in the eyes just like you. And you're not one of them. Mm-hmm. And he yells at her to get like, then he just says, tell me where that bomb is. <laughs> <laughs> and we Damn it, Kim! <laughs> yeah, he he channeled some Kim. Why rage. did you sneak out that night, you <laughs> son of a bitch? 
What is he talking about? Your mother about? would still crazy. be alive. You better tell him what he, what he needs to know. He's going nuts. He's going full Kim on you. I've seen it before. It does not end well, ma'am. Agent Baker comes out of nowhere. He's like, I can get you to the safe area. You just got to tell me. You got to tell him where the bomb is. We're just playing. We're just playing like bad Jack and like insane Jack at this point. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a light switch. It, it's, it goes quick. Um, so we get a tiny clock at 931 and we're at the bomb shelter and Kim very calmly asks Lonnie for some sugar and, uh, he goes to the radio, uh, trying to pick, uh, some station and he kind of just waves at a shelf in the distance and Kim goes over, uh, to the shelf indicated by Lonnie and what does she find? Ooh, a, a television. An old what, television. A tiny television. A televisor, as it were. And she mm-hmm. turns that on and, uh, what does she, very obviously, see a baseball game. Mm-hmm. What, Evening news. Ooh, it's hard to play that. Play, hard to play that baseball in a nuclear nuclear winter situation. Yeah, but it's like maybe it's a rerun. Maybe they're just showing them it's ESPN mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Oh no! Now it's local news. Yeah. And the local weather. Talking about how beautiful it is. Yeah. Well, Kim very quickly realizes that uh, Lonnie has hoaxed her, and mm-hmm. she done got th- got by his own preparedness, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Here's the thing. She yelled at him. She asked him if, if the TV's on the same antenna as the radio, and right. he's not hearing anything in his headphones. Well, he's hearing static. He didn't actually That's unplug true. the radio. He just unplugged the uh, the antenna. Which also, he's been doing that for like 10 or 15 minutes. If that's not the mark of a maniac, just yeah. like listening to straight static to like hide your your horrible ruse, like... I don't know what is like. He's clearly an insane. Well, I don't person. know. He did turn. He just unplugged the antenna. Maybe he's got a CD player. Could be. He's listening to some tunes, jamming Could out. It might have a Zune in his pocket. Just plugged mm, in. Could yep. be that. Um. So Kim very quickly covers the television, and uh, for the second time, a character does something intelligent. Um. She actually does something smart, and rather than yelling at him, she just grabs the sugar and sits back down in her chair, kind of looking a little bit panicked. And um, we cut to CTU where Michelle informs Tony of the identity of the 7th Coral Snake soldier, a Captain Jonathan Wallace, who led a sniper unit and an assassination group in Malaysia, which didn't know we just had those on the record. You got to give him the full rundown, Kush. Oh, give it to me. Captain Jonathan Wallace, 7th Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, 3rd Marine Division, Special Ops Detachment Delta. Then it says, for some reason, (laughs) it's in Fort Benning, and then it says Coral Snake Commando. Four-year special ops, <laughs> let a sniper unit in the Gulf War, and let assassination uh, detail in Malaysia. Now, now, gentlemen, I believed that the Coral Snake unit was top-top uh, top secret and nah. wouldn't disappear in someone's file. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Nah. Well, now, see, they filled in the blanks. They've, they've backfilled his resume <laughs> now that they know. Um, well, Curtis- uh, Did sorry, you say that he was re- led an assassination thing in Malaysia? The Prime Minister of Malaysia. So they they just play relax when they want him to. <laughs> he, it, Derek Zoolander was the sixth commander. <laughs> he, is. He, is, he is dead now. He is. He is. We got to. Um, so well, I'm just trying to figure out if this dude's in. Is he in the Marines or is he in the Army? Because Delta is Army unit. He's a paramilitary soldier, mercenary that, person, man. Soldier for hire, for hoarding. Nope. Fortune? No. Nope. Well, Curtis, whatever this man is, I mean, obviously, no one could decide last week uh, (laughs) what Coral Snake was. Even no one knows how it's funded, uh, whether NSA or DOD or who knows. Um, But Curtis, last week, you were you were predicting the rise of a charismatic villain who uh, (laughs) could counter Jack Bauer. I was reading that man's resume. What do you think? I think 
think he's got the skills to do it. I mean, he did shoot three guys dead in the face who were trained soldiers and then murdered the three others who were around them. But charismatic. I mean, this is mm. the dude that played the mayor in Slither. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> also, his yeah. picture on that dossier is so like, oh man, he looks like such a doofus. Yeah, that cannot not... be the baddie, right? No. I mean, plus he ain't Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it's true. We don't know about Colonel Sanders yet. This Cap. So I think I think actually, you know who Captain Wallace is? Um, the son. Uh, the who was the the assassin son from the last season? What was his name? Oh, uh, Angel. A- Angel Man. Yeah, yeah Castiel. That dude. It's, yeah. it's that. It's, he's, he's that dude this season. Okay. He's the he's the red herring big bad. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Well, we'll find out who he is probably in the next uh, couple hours, I think. So Tony uh, kind of walks away as Michelle keeps working, and then uh, Carrie Turner stops by to say hello to a very surprised Michelle, which seems is not a big office. I don't know how uh, Michelle didn't Hush. see her for 20 minutes, but Or like Tony didn't mention that somebody else was coming in, and she didn't go, who? Since I used to work at district or division or wherever the fuck she's coming from. Right. And they are clearly antagonistic Ooh. to each other. And Tony sees this from a distance as he kind of looks on. And um, Michelle just reminds Carrie that there's a bomb in L.A., which I don't really again, I don't know why anyone needs reminding <laughs> uh, and puts her to work. And we get a tiny clock at 934. Well, oh. she there's an interesting exchange. There's, yeah. Where Carrie says, you look great, by the way. Oh, yeah. And it's like, did they been fucking? That's what, like, I know it's O2, but I thought maybe Carrie was sexually harassing Michelle a little bit Yeah, back in the day. And then Michelle, because then Michelle says, technically, you work for me, which makes it seem like there was some bad blood from when she maybe used to work for Carrie. So she was her boss and get away with that shit. Yeah. Because then know. Carrie gave her, as Carrie walked away, she gave her a little winky. Mm. There's mm-hmm. nothing like a ba- an office romance got bad to, to really... <laughs> Sour so, relations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, it's better Sometimes than Tony Almeida's last fucking romance. You know, shit. Well, we don't know that yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. We don't, we don't know if she killed Michelle's wife. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, lots to unpack in this set. We got, we got like nine hours left, but anything could happen. Um, so just, that's the writer's room. So then she's going to kill Michelle's wife, right? Well, what the fuck, guys? We did this last season. It worked. Damn it, we got renewed, didn't we? Work, didn't fuck it? yourself. <laughs> we are broke. on our way. We are on our way to an Emmy anytime now. Um, well, we and got a they tiny, were. Yeah, season five. Uh, so we get a tiny clock at 9.34. Carrie walks past George, who uh, calls Tony over and informs him that he is stepping down as he had a CTU and uh, tells Tony to say goodbye to everyone for him. He just has like a pretty nice little, little closing line to Tony. He's like, you know, this morning when I told you I couldn't wait to get out of here, uh, I don't feel that way anymore. And then he gives Tony the CTU and division access codes uh, and basically tells Tony that with the approval of Ryan Chappelle, uh, Tony is the new director of CTU. And as he walks out trying not to cry, uh, George wishes the best of luck. And a very sad Michelle Dessler watches as George walks towards the exit of, the C- of CTU, carrying a briefcase, never to come back. And we get our first silent clock of the show at 936. Man, I don't know about you guys, but like... Forget about me. Like at that, like during that scene, for some reason, like there were a lot of dust, like got in my got my, my room where I was watching it, and like somebody started cutting onions. Something sharp, like flew into yeah, each one of my I was eyes. Like, oh, there's just something. There's in something eye. in my eye. It was rough. A little vapor rub, maybe got in your face. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then some, you know, 
I'm slick on the face. Yeah. I don't know. But I do. I did see how fast George's hand got Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. Because the beginning of this episode, it looked okay. And that was mm-hmm. just. He's uh, looking riff. Man. It's going downhill fast. Yeah. yeah. So, Curtis, what are you thinking right now about old G Mace? Um, Where, where's he off to? Um, that good place. That upper room. <laughs> Big house in the sky? Yeah. Um, or they're going to swerve us and he's going to survive, which I, I mean, I can believe a lot of things. <laughs> uh, radiation poisoning surviving. Yeah. And then maybe does he get superpowers? Is he Black Lightning? Is that what happened? Mm, could be. CW, mm-hmm. Thursdays at night. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think, it's not an episode of House, so I don't think they're going to, like, cure his... Yeah, right. and, cure well, his radioactive and, disease. And also, guys, not to uh, we got our first silent clock on the commercial break, which um, is twenty four hallmark of dead man, either walking or dead man dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I don't see G Mace going to do this in a hospital. He's gonna do something. He's either going to go. I mean, you already said bye to his kid. I mean, if if G Mace shows up at the end of this season to run somebody over with a car and just like come out of it and be like, yeah, and then die on the spot, that Kin- like kindergarten cop style. <laughs> what would you do? What would you do if it was you? Where would you go? I think I would just go to the ocean and just chill there for a while. If I was in L.A., just walk right in. If I was in L.A., if I was in L.A., Hollywood sign, I guess. And be like, now I'm famous, and then fall off. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, drive off the pier, maybe a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I would. I guess I would go out in a blaze of glory somehow. Um, I'm stealing the fastest car I can find, and like having the like the, just a an amazing end of life car chase. Until I either that's, crash it and die, or drive off a cliff, or just, just die r- at my car. No, that's it. I'm in LA. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find a 1993 Ford Bronco and drive that son <laughs> bitch on the highway very slowly, <laughs> slow as possible, till I till I, til I, til I expire. I think I'd probably go rob a bank with a gun and just like make sure cops shot me. Suicide by cop. Because you, yeah. you don't want it to be that, you know, if you, nah, if you do, yeah, if you you do believe go in out, heaven, right? You yeah. get up there and they're like, you still committed suicide. But I was already dying. Well, bro, you should let it finish the job. Okay, plutonium <laughs> was already doing the work. You, you the thing is, like, I think I'd rather, <laughs> I think I would rather be torn apart by bullets than <laughs> t- like slowly torn apart by plutonium. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. I, I, you have to make someone else kill you. You can't just jump. Because then it's like, you, you committed suicide, you screwed it up. You yeah. can have, the cops would, I mean, for me, it'd be really easy. Mm-hmm. I just like walk into anything and be like, hey, and hey, his hand. <laughs> Got a gun. Yep, sure do. He's in a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't bought anything it's, in a, we a second. We found him sitting in a Starbucks. He didn't order anything. He was just sitting there. People said he looked crispy. We just shot him in the face. <laughs> I that was that was the proper reaction. <laughs> just, I felt right. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, we come back from a commercial at 940, and uh, Tony is all already letting the power of his new station go to his head um, and just calls down to Michelle. He just says, I'm going to be working up here in my new office. Uh, and he rolls up his sleeves and walks down to make a speech to his new employees about George Mason being exposed to plutonium and uh, says, I'm in charge now. And on a normal day, we'd be mourning the rest of our co-workers killed here today. Unfortunately, we're going to have to hold our thoughts of them until we can get through this crisis. Now let's get back to work. He names several people. Three people. He names three, three people three of the people. 36 yeah. who three. died. Yeah. Only last names. Yeah. And then he's like, and then Paula. He's like, yeah. Paula's the only one who gets first name. Yeah, that's that's fucking cold, Tony. You didn't. Even, I bet you didn't. He didn't even know the first names of all those other people. He didn't nah, name. So. He didn't even name Richards, did he? Mm-mm. Probably not. I don't think so. I forget the the three names he said, but yeah, it's like, dude, you're in charge now. You got you got to be a team player. We remember, um, uh, what's his name? Hair. Uh, we remember uh, face over there. That dude. <laughs> remember um, nose. Uh, 
We'd remember the guy, the guy who, the guy who smells bad. I think died, or was that you? Was that no? That was you. Stinky Mo. We remember Stinky Mo. Um, Everybody remembers that idiot brick. Still here. Hey, brick. Um, (laughs) Ah, fuck. fuck. Didn't get get him. Did we? Shit. Somebody go shirt brick. (laughs) (laughs) Someone kill him right now. We all Uh, know. We all know that Jeff died horribly. I'm right here. (laughs) Fucking Jeff is here. Everybody told me Jeff had died. I was so happy. I mean, no. You're the man, Fuck. Jeff. <laughs> Don't steal my motherfucking lunch, Jeff. Yeah. Hey, from now on, Jeff, we're going to spell your name J-E-F-F because you're the other way that you spell your name is fucking stupid. <laughs> All right? It's done. <laughs> Get G off um, out of here. <laughs> so, so after he makes his speech, uh, Michelle walks over and says, you did a really nice thing there. And Tony's like, uh-huh, whatever. And asks for an update about the airfield. And she tells him nothing has happened. And they... Begin to go their separate ways, and we see Carrie Turner kind of giving them a suspicious look, like like she knows they've been fucking, mm-hmm. even or are they, they about to have been about to have been in the future fucking pre fucking pre fucking yeah. <laughs> and uh, is that what you? <laughs> that's a good phrase for flirting. Michelle's already acting offended before the fucking. <laughs> we we were we weren't flirting. We were pre fucking. Mm. Somehow it sounds worse when you say it like that, but I don't know. Uh, call me call me old fashioned. Um, at the airfield, we see Marie is fading in and out of uh, consciousness, and we get a tiny clock at nine forty two. And uh, Jack orders Agent Goodrich to administer some Demerol for her gunshot so she can get her lucid for five minutes. And um, Kate asks if Marie has said anything. Jack just says uh, she said nothing, but I need you to bring her back to some kind of reality. You know her like that. I don't. <laughs> Which. Yeah, sure, get it. Um, and Marie just says, or Kate just says, she's a different person from the Marie I knew this morning. Right now, no, no, no. Right now, she's just regurgitating the things that Syed Ali brainwashed her with. I need you to remind her of the things that she loved. And um, I bet she really loved not having a bullet in her arm. <laughs> that was oh probably the good. That's that probably the good pro- times. It's probably one of her favorite things at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Better time, simpler time. Kate walks over to Marie and starts gently stroking her face. Uh, and ask for her help. And to her credit, Marie has some pretty good lines here. Uh, so Marie just says, oh, I am going to help you. I'm going to help you stop being part of the problem. And Kate says, you don't care if dad and I die. And what does Marie say? <laughs> I killed Reza and I loved him. Why would I care if you and dad die? Which is God, so, so ice cold. <laughs> ice cold, dude. Um, so... The, the Marie's arm starts hurting again, and so the Demerol's clearly wearing off, and now it's time for Jack. And he walks up to her and basically tells her, you're only going to get more if uh, if you tell us where this bomb is. And so much whining. Yeah, she's, and Jack is, like, oddly carrying the scene after, like, the coldest ice bower we saw as in interrogating Sayed Ali. Like, I don't really know. Like, this is a new, like, sort of place for Jack. I Like... I think, Curtis, to your point, he is interrogating Kim and knows that sometimes, <laughs> like, you got to take your, your foot off the gas pedal and just kind of, like, coast for a little bit. Yep. Well, because, I mean, you, essentially, you've gotten, I can't, I don't know what it's like to have morphine post-surgery or, like, in the, like, a, imagine, like, taking anesthesia off in the middle of a surgery, you waking up, getting cut into, is what he's <sighs> doing to her. That's kind of torturous, right? He gave her five minutes worth of Demerol. So, it was like, she felt no pain for a while. Mm, and then right. all of a sudden, it just throbbed back in. That's that's some mean shit. And pain, yeah, pain is is what scares me the most. Oh yeah, I'm a fragile butterfly. Uh, I have no idea. Me. Do you guys have any idea what your pain tolerance is? Not good. Um, yeah, I had a uh, a surgery on my foot that I was awake for. Uh, that 
was one of the most intense. Like, I, I had chunks of my foot being pulled out, and it was like, it was one of the most intense feelings <laughs> yeah, I ever like, had. Yeah, like, I remember, like, after getting, uh, my wisdom teeth out and like it wasn't really a thing and like i've played on played basketball on a broken foot before but like i still think that my pain tolerance is probably like if you pushed on a bruise too hard i'd give everything away in a heartbeat i will say this i've asked a couple people this question and including mothers who've given birth my own lovely wife's mother folks as well the worst pain apparently outside of childbirth is uh tooth and mouth pain it is Hmm. it is just horrible you can't do anything about it and it's just those nerve endings are sensitive for a reason and so if you can survive the pain before root canal, because if you've ever had root canal, you know that essentially your tooth almost breaks open and decays so mm. bad. And then the, the, the nerves are just exposed. I didn't have a root canal. So every canal, time you breathe or move or think, your mouth just fucking throbs and hurts. So I don't know if, I, if everyone knows this, but I did have a tooth get broken out of my mm. my mouth. I wonder how that would happen. During a, a whitewater rafting trip mm. where a friend of mine did not hold the T-handle in the Which they tell way. you to. Yeah, pretty much nonstop. You, yeah, yeah, yeah that's inappropriate, man. That's just who's who yeah, can be that and like, oh, what a dick. Or or someone who you know tried <laughs> his best to do it, and then went over class four rapid, and really maybe couldn't stop it. That's Curtis. That's also an option. Curtis, you seem to have some inside information on this. Um. <laughs> nah, son. I'm just saying maybe this person gets the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, if if you if you then saw their hand crooked into the shape of a T handle, uh, while. They had hit you in the face, but trying to eat with a broken front tooth was probably the most painful thing. Yeah, them them choppers hurt. Yeah, them yeah. choppers ain't 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 made for for hurting. Mm-hmm. Not good news. So yeah, well, but so yeah, I I, I can tolerate I tolerated a broken tooth for a couple days, and I wanted to I just wanted to die. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't be tortured for that long. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, Marie makes it about uh, 30 more seconds and uh, then Jack kind of soothes her into telling him that the bomb is in a suitcase in a van headed downtown to Arco Towers, a green van. Now, fuck wait a, a minute, van Kate. get out of the airfield. Now, you missed you missed one part, right? Where yeah. Marie looks at Kate and says, as as the pain is throwing, this, says, Kate, make him stop. And for one moment, Kate does something good. Kate does something good. What does she say? No, you make it stop. <laughs> Oh, oh! Now you're gonna get tough, Kate. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was. Sorry. The, oh god! It was. It was the most. Just. It had no power behind it. No. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, it was definitely like a big sibling just being like, "No, fuck off! I'm not like, no, I'm not. I'm not fighting your battles right now. Yeah. Like you're well, trying like, to blow up the world." Yeah. If my if my if my sibling was like, "Make up the torturing me," no asshole, you're about to kill me. And yeah, everybody no. else here, you like do 30, it. <laughs> like, literally 30 seconds ago, you said, I don't care if you die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't care if your, arm, if your arm has a bad boo-boo on it. Like, fuck you. Rub some dirt on it, shithead. But. Yeah. We saw the van. That saw supposedly the van. had the bomb in it. And it drove away. And it was the same van that we had seen before. It's a green delivery a, van. With, what was his name? The the pool man. Benny the pool man, or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. He, and it he wasn't got, green. He, it was green. It was like a it was like a a, a light olive. It was, that was I thought it was tan. Nah, it's like a tannish green. Tan man? <laughs> Greenish so tan. A, a chartreuse? Yeah, a chartreuse. Um <laughs> so Agent Goodrich radios this information to CTU teams, and then Jack starts pressing for for more information. And he asked Marie when it's about to, when it's set to go off, and she says, Three hours. I know because I saw it on a timer. And Jack realizes that a bomb that large would not have a visible timer mm-hmm. 
He says, you're lying to me. Why do you want to send my team downtown? And so Marina says, go downtown. You have to go- send your team now. You got to go. And Jack says, oh, why do I have to go now? I thought I had three hours. And then he walks away for a moment. He says, why do you want my, me and my team to, to leave so fast? Mm-hmm. Then what does he say next? He realizes that the bomb's still on site. That's why you, that's why you don't want me to leave. Because the bomb's still here, isn't it, Marie? And then, and then, and then, he tells Team A and Team B to conduct a grid sweep of the airport and all of the buildings. And my first question is, they don't have the bomb. Why were they not doing that right. in the first yeah, place? Yeah, that should have been... Job like this waiting. Yeah, what like, were they do? what doing were a good search for doing? Marie Warner at, <laughs> at like at the very least looking yeah. for Marie Warner. Yeah, we know the bomb was here. <laughs> Let's set up some sort of perimeter and begin searching that <laughs> that some bitch. Yeah. Uh, so Jack radios that the bomb is still in sight and he rushes out. And then Kate goes to hold Marie, who just says, "They won't find it in time. We're all gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> and we got to commercial at uh, 9.48, and we come back at 9.52, and uh, in a split screen, we see Lonnie tell Kim that she can have his bed while he sleeps on the floor, and then we cut to the Enrock, where Such Mike nice Novick guy. is briefing the president before he and David go to talk to Sherry Palmer and her contact, and says, we're on an isolated feed, feed between the Enrock and Langley. It's just going to be David, CIA operative Steve Hillenberg, and uh, Mike are the only three people who know about this, and... Uh, David walks into the room, and what does Hillenberg explain to him? Four months ago, Sherry contacted him and wanted him to basically start putting together a little bit of a paper trail to say to cover her ass. But mm-hmm. four months ago, man. Four months. Again, six months into David's presidency yeah. at most. And David asks, why, was I un- why wasn't I informed about this? And Hillenberg says, I was shielding you from knowing about an illegal investigation um, while trying to build a case against Stanton. And like... Yeah, it's illegal for the CIA to do a domestic investigation. Does the FBI just not exist in this universe outside of Vesalia? <laughs> uh, that's where they locate. That's where they're at, man. That's what. That's where they, they do. Just, make they have a hundred dudes in Vesalia, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sherry doesn't have any contacts in the FBI. They're yeah, they're bad at um, they're bad at asset management. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and org charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know what those are. Um, so David wants to accept this story, but he says he needs proof. And Hillenberg says, I have multiple items to back his story. Guys, I think I know why the FBI is, is so bad why in that? this universe. Because at this time, the director of the FBI is none other than that son of a bitch, Robert Mueller. Mm. Oh, shit. Useless. Oh, Useless, man. They know he can't be trusted. So they oh, go man. into the CIA. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Come on. Yeah. Can't say I'd do anything different. <laughs> um, so this is kind of ridiculous. So David, so Hillenberg says I have multiple items that back a story. And David says, okay, that's fine. Where do these meetings take place? And Sherry says, well, we met for the first month at a hotel in Hil- Hilton Head. And then what does she feel necessary to confirm to David? We didn't sleep together. Yeah. <laughs> why, why does it always go back to the fucking on this show? Like, and he goes, I, I did not ask. assume you fucked Roger Stanton. <laughs> or or, or Steve Hillenberg. Or or either, right? Like and David just says you fucked well, somebody. David just says, I didn't ask, and then ends the conversation. And um Sherry just says, I don't care what you think of me right now. I really don't. Most important thing is that you realize I wasn't part of Stanton's conspiracy. And in response, David does possibly the first intelligent thing he's done in the entire show. 
And what does he say? Uh, he, yeah. he doesn't trust her. <laughs> says, you know what, Sherry? You might be telling the truth. Then again, you might not. Right now, I don't have the time or energy to figure out if I can trust you. Mm-hmm. Sends her packing. Mm-hmm. And how does he... Sherry puts her hands on his wrist and what does David say? <laughs> As, so he kicks her out the door. If you resist, I'll have you arrested. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll leave now. Oh, uh, she's like, David, you need me. Hand, takes her hand off. Him. See you later, buddy. Good just like go. peels her fingers off. And <laughs> but like, the thing is, though, so he says leave or have no choice to put you under arrest. But like, he should arrest her anyway. Like she's like, no matter what she did, she still aided a conspiracy to bring a nuclear bomb into the country. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter if she told someone else about it. If also, if anything, that person also aided a bed of terrorism <laughs> by not telling about it. Like they should all be going to jail. Yeah. Like yeah. right now. Um, but two agents escort her to her to her car and Sherry can't believe it. Here's a question, Curtis. Do you think we've seen the last of Sherry in season in 24? <laughs> I'm going to go with you don't think so. That's a that's an affirmative gnaw. Hell <laughs> to the gnaw. Fair, fair. Um, so we get a tiny clock at 9.55, and uh, we see Lonnie explaining how ventilation systems work to Kim <laughs> as he sets up cots and blankets. And sure. he, notices, he notices that Kim is looking a little worried and just says, oh, you're thinking about your family, huh? <laughs> and Kim is actually yes. thinking about the giant hunting knife that is just laying on the table in front of her. And uh, Lonnie turns to get her some Advil, and what happens next? She finds a metal something. A flashlight. Is it a flashlight? Okay, and thwomps him over the back of the head with it. Yeah. And grabs that hunting knife. She just... she should have kept hitting him, though. Yeah, he wasn't out. She nah. just grabs a hunting knife and points it at him as if it's a projectile weapon. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not you're not Link from, from Zelda 1. You're not just going to get shrink out She's of here. She's holding it in two hands like a fucking katana. <laughs> and, like... Guys, if there's one thing I know, I know a couple, like, policemen in my life, all of their kids know how to hold fucking weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what has Jack been doing with Kim? Teaching her how to hold guns, not knives? I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, while Jack was not teaching Kim how to hold a knife, uh, what does Lonnie do? Takes a knife. Takes, takes a that knife, knife, right, takes right, that right, knife right away from her. <laughs> in about a quarter second. Yeah. Um, and then they have, so he takes the knife and then puts it down and they have a couple, it, like the show sets this up to like for Lonnie to be just like a bad weirdo. Yep. Um, but basically he takes the knife in the way and she says, I just wanted someone to spend time with. And she's like, Kim just says, well, what are you doing down here? The bomb didn't go off. And she says, this is where I belong. Stay with me. Uh, uh, this is in my notes. I shit you not, guys. I wrote, this is how we got Twilight. <laughs> this scene right here. Yeah. She saw it and was like, but why didn't she stay with him forever? Yeah, that all makes sense. <laughs> and so so Kim just says, listen, I don't know if you're psycho, but don't you want to be with someone who wants to be here in this grenade bunker? And Lonnie just seems really hurt and just gives her, you don't even want to get to know me? Oh, God. Yeah. and I'm sorry I just tried to kidnap you. Do you want to get to know me? No, fuck God. Yeah. And so... That's bad, and then I hate the rest of the scene, like, they just imply that Lonnie's just gonna do horrible things to Kim, and he goes over and picks up a gun, and what does he do? He handed it to Checks her. it, and he hands it right back to her. Yeah. So here you go. There's, there's, there's cougars out there. I love how he has one gun locked up. 
Right. Yeah. The rest are just lying free. Yeah, the rest like, are just relying on the street he, there. He left, he left four rifles upstairs on a goddamn deer, right? Like on a right. gun ragger. <laughs> Everything about his character is just weird. Like, like he's, a, he's, he's an MRA in 2022, right? I'm a nice guy. Well, well, actually, I don't think because no, an MRI wouldn't like wouldn't have given her the gun. That's like, true. He's like, you owe me. <laughs> well, he I saved go, you from what's that wrong with me. I'm not good. Yeah, I'm not good enough. Yeah, what's so, wrong? With, you locked I mean, me in a fucking basement. You yeah, fucking can't. creep. Can't yeah, like it's, it's, she makes. Why do you? Why are you? you why are you out here if you need friends? You right. said you're out here because you don't want to be around people. You don't want to well, be around people. Ain't nobody here. Yeah, and like that's. Like, everything about his character, the way he's written, like, none of it makes sense. Like, at first, he's just, a, like, a hunter in the woods. Then he's, like, you know, but he's still, like, playing poker and shit with, like, the the ranger and other people from town. Then all of a sudden, he's a doomsday prepper who knew a <laughs> nuclear bomb was coming and had this bunker. And, like... And then he gives Kim a gun. And he gives Kim a gun and tells her to look out for cougars and just fire a shot Kim, in the Kim could hurt herself with a fucking, like, safety pin. She's definitely right. gonna shoot and cause, like, it's... It caused some kind of mountain rock slide because uh, <laughs> yeah. she's that dumb. But hey, you and guys, hey, this role was good enough that, you know, someone looked at it and said, hey, Kevin Dillon wants friends. Let's give him a whole entourage. <laughs> uh, a show in which you wish that no one was on the screen the whole time. <laughs> um, <laughs> just nobody's there. Just, so, <laughs> But there's always somebody there and you always hate them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just, just, wanted, just wanted Lloyd. Just, just wanted Lloyd, the show. Um, although he turned out to be terrible, too. Um, <laughs> and then at the end of this scene... It's so sad. She walks away, and he'll go, he goes, maybe you'll come back sometime? And Kim's just like, no. I don't think so. <laughs> you guys, I was nah. so surprised. I, I thought, if this is Kim. Well, maybe. I thought, I thought we were going to get a maybe. I mean, Miguel might be dead, so she might be looking for a new boyfriend. That is true, yeah. So Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> um, Chris, Rick, Rick's what, probably in jail. Miguel's what dead. What movie are you watching back there? What are you talking about? I can't place it. Mm, I stumped him, y'all. I, I done it. Oh, you did it. I haven't seen Tom Hanks on the screen in the entire it's because It's probably because nobody I don't think has seen this movie. It happened. I was told it was heartfelt, but I don't know anybody who actually watched it. Is this the 9-11 movie? That it is. Oh, where Tom Hanks dies in like the Extremely first three seconds. Extremely loud and incredibly close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one. No, no one saw that. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is actually a worse. That's a much worse movie than Captain Sully's Captain Murder. Yeah. I actually, I picked this one because of that time when Jack pulled Marie's, uh, pulled Marie's face to it, to his and yelled at her. <laughs> I said, there she be. <laughs> and also, I got so I gotta say this, Kush. And this is yeah. this is for one of our one of our dear fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a Twitter message yeah. um, mm-hmm. asking me uh how I can uh say that 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 Tomsford Hankleton is number one when Mr. Denzel Washington exists. Mm-hmm. He makes an valid, excellent point. Valid valid point. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I think it's because you're racist. Nope. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. Both are excellent. Uh, fantastic actors. Uh, Denzel's got is, is some of the greatest moves I've ever seen. I think overall top role I give to Denzel in Training Day. Mm. Uh, just just the best. If just you're best. about to say Tom Hanks' top role is telling, I'm going to fucking fly to Chicago <laughs> it is and not. fight you. It is okay. not. It is not. Tom has several... It's obviously it, big. It, is, it also helps that I grew up with Tom Hanks. You know, I, I watched Bosom Buddies when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched him grow from a comedian, a comic actor. Like, Tom, Tom Hanks was just in comedies. 
until, you know, his, his dramatic turn and become an Oscar winner. But here's why I do this, man. At the end of the day, I'm a sports fan, y'all. And I go head to head matchups. And in Philadelphia, Denzel had a chance to take that trophy home against Tom Hanks head to head. Same movie, almost the same number of lines. Couldn't do it. Tom wins, wins the Oscar. I, what am I going to say, man? That the Academy is racist? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Oscar's so white. Come on, Curtis. Read, read a fucking tweet once read in a, a while. <laughs> read a hashtag. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, is Nicely that like done. I do think that Tom Hanks is probably the better overall actor. I think he has but, more range than Denzel. He right. does. But Denzel is his best. in a movie, there is... There is a better chance I will see it than just because Tom Hanks is in a movie. Yeah, I give you. Yep, I'll give you that. Denzel is he's the yeah he's the guy I need to go. Oh, actors I need to go see. Like I'll go mm. see a Paul Giamatti movie because I love him. I just I'm gonna go see a Giamatti movie because he's, he's dope. Um, I think uh, Michael B. Jordan has earned that for me as well. Mm, uh, yeah, after Black, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm here. You're in it. I'm I'm down. Creed was dope. Uh, I only saw a little bit of Fruitvale Station, and then you got you know Black Panther. So yep, you win. Uh, Notice you conveniently cut Fantastic Four out of that one. <laughs> I, I did watch that piece of shit. Uh, I did it. It wasn't but his here's, fault. Here's the set. It wasn't. That's just, it's, that is yeah. the biggest waste of talent I've ever seen in a movie before. Mm-hmm. People I want to see in a movie all together. And I'm like, oh, this is garbage. How did you do this? This is impressive. It's impressively bad. Kind of like yeah. uh, the other Fantastic Four where Chris <laughs> Evans was the Human Torch and right. then no, went on to be an Will awesome Smith Marvel character. And, uh, Margot Robbie and uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. They that. tried. Those two tried so hard. Yeah. They were so good. They tried, they got, they got over the Jared Leto a little bit. Mm. But then, and here's the thing. I love Cara Delevingne. Her role is just fucking brutally terrible. Uh, you know, as a go-go dancing villain who I don't understand what the hell that's all about. But yeah. Anyway. Can you just say that Jared Leto sucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like Blade Runner 2049 was great, but every time Jared Leto was on the screen, I wanted to stab my eyeballs out. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Let's take a stand on this podcast. Let's be the first ones to say it. Jared Leto kind of sucks. Well, he does, he won a fucking Oscar because he- Hey, Michael, I'm gonna give you another one to make that point that you're about to make. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it's not bullshit. It's true. What, what, you know, who, who won an Oscar? Yay. You know who else sucks ass? Hmm. Casey Affleck. Mm, yeah, no, that <laughs> fuck that guy. Yep. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. We don't need, we have Ben. We don't need you. <laughs> Sorry. You're and not We better. barely need him. Yeah. I mean, Ben, Ben pulls it through on the director side. That's true. And he, he has Argo one, was it, dope. It's one out of every two or three movies. You get a good. It's Affleck. weird that Ben was both the Affleck we need and the one we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shit. And, and Casey Affleck wouldn't be so terrible because he was in he was in the Oceans movies and he was pretty good. But he wouldn't be so terrible if um you know all that non movie stuff hadn't come out and it turns out he's just a giant piece of shit. Well, here's here's what I say though. So go back to the great movie Boiler Room, mm. which before Wolf of Wall Street was just the best movie about about Wall Street. Period. Vin Diesel. Vin. Vin. Ben early in the early Mark Vincent, as it were. <laughs> um, and Ben Affleck's speech in that movie is the douchiest thing ever said on film, and it's fucking great. Mm. Imagine Casey Affleck doing that and you just want to punch him right in the dick. Just don't talk anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear you. But no. Affleck slides a Ferrari key on the table and says, I got a four fifty five Cabriolet. What's up? And you're like, God damn it, that dude's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Because he sold it is. by the uh, the interview scene in Goodwill Hunting, he, he earned a lot of respect for that one. Still haven't seen that movie. Anyway. Yeah, me neither. What? <laughs> you fuck you guys. <laughs> 
I heard about apples, but I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I've seen parts of it, but I was. It's always like, yeah. Oh my god, that's like it's a good one. Anyway, um, so Lonnie's a sad sack loser. Did a very bad thing. uh, Blah blah blah. (laughs) We cut to a tiny clock at nine fifty eight and fifty eight seconds as Jack is racing a Humvee through the airfield toward a gathering of agents who are engaged in a firefight around a chartreuse van it's fucking tan i sent you a goddamn picture of it it's tan earlier in the day it was tan under the the harsh la sun (laughs) but in this scene it's very clearly light greenish tan i do have to say that um in the daylight 24 has a tendency to tint everything yellow and in the non-daylight it does tint everything blue or green yeah so now listener in this scene we see our our beloved npc tom baker (laughs) Firing bullets. He did at it. some folks near the van. Now, I see Jack Bauer who tries to get to the scene in time. But, but y'all, if you've ever played video games with my, one of my co-hosts, Michael Howard, there is no way in hell Tom Baker fires that last shot. Because Michael Howard would have, Leroy Jenkins his ass straight up to that terrorist <laughs> face. He would have hit him with the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. He would have run uh, into him with a gun. <laughs> and melee. hit him with it. I think <laughs> Agent Steve Goodrich got the last shot on, on this gentleman. Okay, it actually looks white in this scene. You guys are odd. You guys don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. It's a green van, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> Look, uh, this fucking thing is white. Oh, now we're gonna have the van, Michael. That's gonna happen. I've seen this blue and, and blue and back. Well, fuck you. Yeah, Whatever. Anyway, if it gets us a million listeners, we are 30 seconds away from the end of this episode. Can I just do the dang thing? No, man. No, no. Not off, you look at this goddamn picture, you end, fucking son. colorblind idiots. That's how this goes. <laughs> we we overran the rest of the track, B. We we back to the future to read this bitch. We're we're in Clint Eastwood right. Canyon. This fucking picture that is a white, <laughs> maybe tan at the best van. What kind of color correction you got on your monitor? That's what I need to know. Because when I saw it, it was green. I just sent you a picture. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. What what's your monitor doing? I don't. I don't My don't monitor does not change what the snip of the okay <laughs> looks like. Here's the thing. If anything, it's fucking it's fucking cream. So yeah. your tan thing is bullshit. Cream is tan. Fuck you. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> I sent you two pictures, and it is tan in one yeah, and cream tan in the other. Tan is closer to windswept desert than cream, you asshole. <laughs> Fuck you, it's a, buddy. It's a it's clearly toasted eggshell. <laughs> well, now I'm fine with the goddamn van. Mother of pearl. Okay, there you go. You can have that. Yeah, that's definitely white shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't see color, Michael. It's, it's all one family. It might as well be green. Well, uh, we see a man holding a shotgun fall to the ground in front of the van, the white van. Um, and Jack runs up just as they throw open the back doors of the truck to see a large, I want to say green, duffel bag. <laughs> yeah, that, the, the bag was green. It's one new green. and a duffel bag. It's an olive olive and drab bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Nest team rushes in, unzips the bag, and find what looks to be a nuclear device. And the tech says, this is it. And it's armed. And uh, he Jack also reports says it's nuclear. It's nuclear. Just, oh, good. Thank God. We did it this time. Uh, so Jack radios in. That but if, says da- wait, if, if, if Daniel Day Baker mm-hmm. and Jack Bauer are both at this scene, mm-hmm. where's Kate oh, and Marie? Oh, God. Getting up to so many shenanigans. Kate, Kate just got left with Marie? All oh, shit. They're, well, we see in the split screen that they're still in the hangar together. Right. Uh, Kate's two dead. chaperones are completely gone. Yep, Kate's going to end up dead. Marie's going to yep. escape. Um, so Jack orders an evacuation around the bomb uh, as the Nest team goes to work, and then the tech looks up at Jack and says, "Can't tell how much time the bomb has before going off. Could be any second now." And uh, yikes! Um, quick question for you fellas. Now I know we we all 
we uh, we have a basic knowledge of physics, all the three of us, um, and understand how time and speed works in our own bodies. Uh, if Homeboy would have turned to you and said, it could explode right now, <laughs> how fast do you think you'd begin running the other way? Knowing you're probably well, not getting away, but fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to give it a deal well, on college my- try. Here's the thing, though. If I got too far away, like, f- like not far enough, but like far enough that I didn't die immediately, that might mm-hmm. be worse, though. Like if if I caught a uh, if I caught a G- if I got a fatal dose of that G mace, exactly. Right. You want that shadow kill, right? Yeah. Or yeah. just they find you. Oh, this is him. This is my mm-hmm. look at him. Look at me. He's still like a man. He took it. If he's like, oh, I can't <laughs> tell. It would be. I'd be torn because I'd be like, oh, how far can I get away in like an hour, or should I just? Climb into this duffel bag and hug this bomb until it goes off. Yeah, like, I think it, if hour, it, I think. Yeah, I think I would be more like uh, uh, Slim Pickens and Doctor Strangelove. I just <laughs> just ride, like, ride like that thing like crowd. a rodeo clown. I'd be like Agent Bauer. Why don't you drive into the ocean? Why don't you be a hero? Go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bet you're Batman. <laughs> hey, uh, Tom Baker, got one final escort mission for you. This is very important. It's the I need you to take this bomb to the safe zone. Real hey, quick. Can and you, also, can you take Kate here um, as far away as possible? Sure. Uh, I forgot to tell you the bomb's name is Kate. You already said you would do it. No taxi backsies. Yeah. See you later. Got it. But if I had like an hour, I'd be like, hey, Baker, I need you to go get Nina uh, and Ken Marie and put them in the truck. And then <laughs> point that son bitch toward the ocean and stamp that gas pedal. <laughs> drive, this, drive this up to Hawthorne and stick it on one of those space, uh, SpaceX rockets. Send Those come back. Boy. Yeah, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mutant rocket? <laughs> we did not think this through. We, we made actual rocket, man. He's not happy about it. <laughs> Damn it, Elon. <laughs> wait, uh, wait. You put a rat in the Tesla up there? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to 959 and 59 seconds. And uh, yeah, this bomb could go off at any second. It's, um, it could go off during the commercial. Yeah, you don't know. By the time we come back, the bomb could have gone off and everyone's dead. And the mm. last nine hours of this is just silence. The only thing I would hate, I think the thing I would hate most about that is Kim wouldn't be dead. <laughs> and she probably wouldn't even get a dose of that that mace. Mm. So, But would, the, then there, would there be radioactive cougars to fight her? Just mutant yeah, cougars? Ooh, now that's teenage, that I'm into. Teenage mutant ninja cougars? <laughs> 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 uh so yeah guys it's we're coming up on the 10 p.m hour curtis where do you think we're going here from here um, bomb, the bomb secured i feel like uh just this might be huge you guys spoiler alert um that bomb is not going off right now there it is so we got some time you don't think that bomb's going off not right all. now not right now man i don't think it's going off for a bit uh okay because uh because there's a show on tv <laughs> do you think that and... jack just comes in kicks all four nest members right in the face and disarms the bomb all by himself no i think jack shoots the bomb and that's <laughs> and that's how it if you ever seen the great movie under siege uh that dude has control of satellites that can uh, cause earthquakes around the world mm-hmm. and steven seagal defeats the the satellites by shooting his cell phone and computer that he sends the command with even though the by command the is already sent so that's not how that would work but you know it boom time done Seagal wins. By the way, um, Steven Seagal, obviously a fat asshole, um, but <laughs> when when he had his TV show after uh, Katrina, where he was a deputized like sheriff in like some parish down in Louisiana, um, one of the stunts they had him do on the show was uh, shoot the heads off of matches 
at like 35 yards. Pretty impressive. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. Speaking of Louisiana, I was uh, I was in Louisiana this past weekend, and uh, I went to a place to pick up some po' boys, and uh, there was a sign on the wall offering me uh, some very lovely new uh, AR-15s mm, as did well. Did you get that? Fried or steamed? Uh, you, I get it boiled. Ah, yeah. nice. Boiled with some remoulade, just poured all over it. I mean, to be fair, remoulade cures a lot of ills, so... So I guess, Curtis, a couple big questions. Obviously, I already asked you, is Sherry coming back? Which yeah. you, you oh, laughed yeah. loudly, appropriately. Yeah. Uh, so you think Jack's going to disarm this bomb probably with his pistol? Yeah. He's going to shoot okay. it. And that's, I mean, that's, that's how you disarm bombs, I thought. Okay. And then how many episodes do There's you think it will take? There's a perfectly sized hole right here. <laughs> My dick is the only one that fits <laughs> It's nine millimeters. <laughs> the only action hero who ever watched actually like disarm a device is Kurt Russell in Executive mm-hmm. Decision. And that's because Seagal died in that one. Exactly. <laughs> he would have got shoot it. <laughs> but okay, with so, John Leguizamo by uh, at his side and Oliver Platt as his, as his God, son, I love Oliver Platt. I feel rules. like every time, every episode of this show, we spend like twenty five minutes talking about other movies and TV so- shows. <laughs> And I love it. Hey, look, I man. mean, <laughs> to be fair, that shit's better than the show. <laughs> yeah. Also, my next my next question was going to be, Curtis, how many episodes do you think it's going to be until Kim is in mortal peril again? One. <laughs> <laughs> them Coogs the, is coming. Now, Now the scene, the part that I know happens, I know it happens in the sun, but I, I know that Cougars also hunt at night. Um, and Kim is probably going to drop that gun in the next two episodes. I think she's going to shoot one one round off, and the gun's going to slip out of her hand and go down a ravine somewhere, and that's the end of the gun, and so it's just going to be her running from cougars the rest of the time. I think she's going to drop it down the toilet and then just not want to fish it out, <laughs> and then that's it. Ew. Gross. Hmm. All right, fellas, so I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, well, Curtis, any any big predictions? Any big predictions? Uh, we're going to meet the captain, and I think he's going to be subpar, uh, which is bad. For a man who who has shown Steven Seagal like skills to murder people, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think I think him and Jack may have like a fight, like a tussle, because we haven't seen Jack really hand to hand, you know, um, like knife fight style. Oh, what about the gonna... colonel? The, the colonel. We we got to meet the colonel soon. Um, I mean, they should just search the database because apparently Coral Snake is just in everybody's <laughs> file and they can see his face. And it should be I went to the public oh, library and looked him up. Coral Snake. <laughs> oh. oh, it's spelled, oh, it's Coral Snake. Not I thought you Snape. said Carl Snape. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, Carl Snape? Let's look them all up, guys, so we know who we're dealing with completely. The Coral Snake unit. That's great. Out of Fort Benning? Couldn't have guessed it. It's a small base, so we're good. Yeah. Yeah, Um. Yeah. Uh. you know, shit's about to get get weird up in here. Get real, um, real. Because we found, you know, Jack found the MacGuffin, as it were, Uh. and now we're going to see what's actually up. So, yeah. you know, because last time was a prison break, right? And it's, oh, no, we're going to do this shit. No, nah, prison break. Also want to kill y'all. I mean, to be fair, Curtis just said Jack's going to disarm it for now. So it's not going to go off in the next couple of hours. That's so true. It could be a situation where Jack sends that, that nuke back from whence it came. <laughs> wait. Wait a minute, y'all. Can can they use reverse time to make the <laughs> oh. nuke blow up? Like, just keep it in the loop? Can you use reverse, reverse time, time nuke satellite delivery? to does, send this nuke does, back? Does Jack have the I have Agamotto? <laughs> God. Does he have the Ocarina of Time? <laughs> the Jackarina of Time. <laughs> well, episode title nailed it. 
All right, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us this week on uh, Longest Days of Our Lives. Thank you so much for joining me. Everyone, if you like this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. You can also find out more information on our our sister show, which Michael and I and uh, occasionally Curtis do every week. Uh, Mostly just us reading dumb internet stories and uh, making fun of each other. So if you like the brand of humor on this show, you will almost certainly like that one. Um, And if you want to reach out to us, if you want to share a a theory or a you know, make fun of Curtis for liking Tom Hanks so much, uh, you know, either tweet at us or um, shoot us an email at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. Uh, we read every single message we get, and uh, we love to hear from our fans. So, uh, you know, give us give us a holler. And uh, Curtis, how else can people help us out? Yeah, guys, if you want to help us out, go ahead and subscribe to this show or in little places on your podcast app of choice, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, however you get podcasts on a daily, weekly basis. Um, go ahead and find us there. And when you do that, please, uh, like, uh, rate and leave comments on those platforms, uh, because that's how we move up the charts, uh, and, and be able to kind of get known more in the world and turn this into a podcast juggernaut. Um, enough about that. Michael, how can the folks find us on the old social medias? You can find us at, uh, T or, ooh, nope, at the other one at L Dualcast, L D O O L Cast, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, you know, like our, our fan did, uh, last week, uh, you can send in questions for Curtis or Kush or myself at me. Uh, yeah. At me, bro. Um, and, uh, you know, when you see us post something on, on Facebook or Twitter, please, uh, give us a share, uh, retweet or a comment. Um, you know, let your friends know that you think we're awesome. Uh, and you think this show is awesome. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I think we are running out of time. Toodles! Ha <laughs> ha!